Class is in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshake. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 138 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Today, I'm joined once again by two-time Olympian Chad Vaughn, which, Chad, I feel like we should just make you an official co-host by now of the Squat <laughs> University podcast, how frequently we've been doing these. Um, yeah, today yeah I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Today, uh, our quick tip is going to be on how focusing on parts of your lift can help you benefit the lift as a whole. And what I mean by that is sometimes on social media, you'll see maybe an Olympic weightlifter do a, uh, a hang snatch rather than the full snatch or a bottom snatch press. So it's a part of or a breakdown of the full lift as a whole, mm-hmm. or maybe how a power lifter may do a rack pull. So I pull from an elevated uh, or a deadlift from an elevated position. So we're going to talk about how focusing on parts of the lift can help you benefit the movement as a whole. And I want to come at it from both a perspective for a healthy athlete trying to train for performance and really benefit the lift as far as how much you can lift and how well you can lift. But then also I want to come at it from an injury perspective and let you guys have some insight into how I would use a partial for an athlete that may be coming to me as a physical therapist who is having a problem for an injury and how we can reincorporate some of their lifts by actually focusing on parts of it at the start. So Chad, mm-hmm. my first question for you is for an athlete that's coming to you, they're healthy, they're not dealing with injuries and they want to improve their lifts as a whole. You will sometimes program in these partial type lifts. Mm-hmm. So let me know why would you do this sort of what's the methodology and can you give me some examples for the listeners out there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, a little bit tough because there are so many examples of partial movements and exercises um, of the snatch and clean that you can use. And I mean, just one right off the top of the head is <clears throat> um, a partial of a clean is a front squat. So if mm. you do a full front squat, you're you know that's a common exercise that you see in your programming or you should be seeing in your programming for weightlifting that's going to benefit the clean. That is a, that is a very specific um, exercise that is. A portion of the clean. So, you know, just keep that in mind as we kind of talk about these things. But so, yeah, the, the two examples that I want to use today um, are one, the snatch pull under or clean pull under, and also uh, coming from the other side where you can kind of lift heavier is something like an overhead quarter squat or a front quarter squat where you're just standing from a quarter squat position, holding it overhead or holding it in that front right position. But these partial exercises uh, that you can use again to, uh, to benefit your lifting. And these, these specific examples are coming from our program that we put out here. And that's why I'm zoning in on those because those are really, um, highlighting what's in that program on a regular basis. Uh, as we go into this next month of June for the first couple of weeks, we're ending this cycle. And, uh, what we're doing is working on peaking to end the cycle, but we have these partial exercises in there to help, do a couple things to, to control volume. So with something like a snatch pull under where you are in your standing position, you're not supposed to dip down and use your legs at all to initiate the weight, to be able to help get it overhead. You're just going from a dead stop standing position, leaning back and pulling yourself under the bar. So it's first of all, a little bit tough for athletes to get down the coordination of that, being able to control yourself 
from dipping because, but when you do it correctly, when you just lean back and pull under and you're leaning back because you're moving your body out of the way or you're, you're positioning your torso to be able to go around the bar. But when you're doing that correctly, if you really think about it, it's very load limiting. You're going to be limited on the amount of load that you can lift. So one it's volume uh, and intensity controlled for that purpose, but it's also a very important exercise to use really, um, you should be using that regularly in your training, not just at the end of the cycle, because so many athletes have a hard time getting under the bar like that, uh, short range of motion or not really short range of motion, but that partial range of motion of a full snatch, that last little bit of the snatch after you extend and needing to get under the bar. So many athletes, uh, struggle with that. So learning to pull under from that position, getting some reps in, um, where you're having to really use your whole body and your arms to pull under the bar, not pull up on the bar, but to pull under the bar and um, reps and reps and reps and reps and reps so that that transfers into uh, the full snatch. And that's kind of the key component of doing partial exercises is so that you strengthen those portions of the lift. You learn those portions of the lift more so that they will eventually and hopefully um, become a more apparent and effective and efficient part of the lift as a whole. You start doing pull-unders and you can do clean pull-unders as well, but you start doing these pull-unders on a regular basis, then what that means and what that really needs to lead to is your body more automatically going under when you do your heavy snatch and your heavy clean. And so that's really the point of that exercise. But another part of it is, is that volume and controlling the volume and intensities. Like you need to be snatching, um, a certain number of days per week. Um, but if you're always doing regular full heavy snatches from the ground, maybe that's not where you are. Maybe that's not what you need. So you can still get the snatch work in work on a portion of that snatch without ha having to do the full thing. And that's, that's really the big purpose of that snatch pulling it. I'll go into the other one, but I want to see if you have any questions or comments no. on that. <clears throat> I think that's perfect. I think the, the thing to understand is from a neurological level, when we're learning movements as a whole, and this is actually something that goes back to things that we learned within physical therapy school as I was getting my doctorate, is you actually understand how the brain uh, learns these full movements by breaking down these small pieces. And actually, that's how like we learn movements as a whole. So when you're a child, you crawl, you walk, and you run. So you have these sort of like mm -hmm. set pieces of the smaller part of the movement. Neurologically, you're learning the mm -hmm. whole movement by first learning the basic components to it. So that's how your body learns these complex movements is by first breaking down the most uh, basic parts of it. So whenever mm -hmm. you have someone come to you and you want to enhance the snatch by just breaking down different aspects of it in mastering those and doing them over and over and over again, it will help your brain really understand that full movement when you then go back to it. So it's a great way and the snatch pull under particularly is something that I've always struggled with, um, mm -hmm. you know, but when I have improved it and focused on it, it just, gosh, the turnover on your snatch is just so mm -hmm. much more clean. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, a little bit more about the snatch pull under or the clean pull under it's like, you can do it a little bit wrong, meaning that you dip down and initiate mm -hmm. with your legs and you're still going to get some benefit from it. Yeah. But what I also like and truly believe about the snatch pull under is that when one can learn to control their body, to keep their body from dipping down, 
one can learn to really make their self to lean back and then pull under. And that's it. That's the only, that's the initiation of the movement. And you can learn to, what you have to do is like, as soon as you, your, your arms shouldn't be pulling up on the bar as your legs stay straight. So like you should be bending your arms simultaneously with the knee bend, meaning that your body should be going underneath. So when you're leaning back, you have to keep your arms straight. So it's a tricky movement. So there's, I just said a lot there. There's a lot of coordination <laughs> going on. But what I'm saying is that when an athlete can learn that coordination from this exercise and get a lot of reps in, like the the minute you learn that, you become a better athlete. Like, 100%. It's such a tough exercise to get down coordination-wise. So again, snatch, pull under. Now real quick before I go into the other one, um, I think you know maybe, Aaron, we can throw in a link to a, a, a demo video of snatch pull under mm -hmm. and also the next one that I'm going to talk about as well, because I know that, you know, the listeners are going to need to see what that looks like. And there's other versions of that, like a slow motion snatch pull under or a slow motion clean pull under. And we can throw those in too. But what those are about is helping you learn the coordination that I was talking about, because most athletes struggle with doing a pull under in regular speed the way that I want them to. So we can slow it down. Just like we like to, we've talked sure. about that so much before too, mm -hmm. Aaron tempo and everything and slow it way down. I mean, literally make you move uh, so slow that it takes you five seconds to get to move from your standing position down to underneath the bar to the bottom of your squat. So anyway, mm -hmm. we'll throw those in there. But um, another example is, is kind of is, is, is different. It's, it's a, it's an exercise. It's a partial exercise that you can lift heavy with. Now I said the pull under is load limiting and we benefit from that volume wise and everything else. But this other partial exercise is more for strength. And because it's so partial, it's still volume limiting, you know, doing an over overhead overload quarter squat or a uh, overload front rack um, front quarter squat. Again, you're just standing for, from a slight knee bend, picking it up from jerk blocks if you're doing a front quarter squat or picking it up out of a, a power rack if you're doing the overhead quarter squats, but getting some reps in through that quarter range of motion, three to five reps is what I usually go with. And then I usually always have the athlete hold for five to 10 seconds in the standing position. If we're starting light, if we're trying to build up into this, you know, maybe I'll have them hold it for 20 seconds and that can kind of get tough when you get up and wait. Um, and what I have to use this for as well, initially, especially if the athletes quality, because this is, this is a tougher exercise than it seems as well for a lot of athletes. So, uh, usually we have to start really pretty light and just get them used to holding in that standing position the way that we want them to. And then, so eventually, or so initially it's a learning exercise and maybe even a mobility exercise. So we can combine that with the mobility drill and go back and forth. And then we can progress into heavy loads. And what I mean by heavy loads is. I want you to get to the point with this exercise where you can do 110, 120, maybe even 130% of what your goal weight is to jerk if you're doing the overhead quarter squat or what you're trying to clean and jerk if you're doing the front quarter squat. So it's an exercise that you can load down and not really worry about it um, dragging you down too much because it's so it's so partial. You're not doing the full lift. You're not lifting it from the ground and cleaning and, and really um, – uh, fatiguing your nervous system in that way. Um, this is going to get your nervous system, nervous system, but more in a, uh, in a different way. Um, that's going again, that's not going to beat it down, but that's going to help make it stronger. And, um, you know, uh, really kind of easy, quote unquote, easy to add into your program. If you're not on a program 
where this is in because it's something that you can do you know if you're doing jerks out of the rack one day and and that's in your program and it's by itself well you can do a overhead quarter squat or a front quarter squat in between those sets with heavier lay, loads and go back and forth and so whereas you would normally be resting instead of resting you would just throw that in and maybe it lengthens out that exercise a little bit but not so much to, to where you can't add it in but again another partial exercise it's a portion of the squat it's a therefore it's a portion of the clean but that you can load down and it can extremely benefit your training and your lifting yeah i want to give uh just two examples so visually for that uh overhead quarter squat basically what chad's talking about is if you have one of those big power racks where you can set your safeties really high you set the safeties at basically about your head height and then that way you can forehead have the bar, so, yeah. yeah, forehead. And then you can have the bar over your head. And then you basically have your hands on the bar. You're going to get under the bar as if you are basically catching like a partial squat. A power jerk. Power jerk, yeah. basically. Yeah. And then from there, you lock your arms out and you just stand up with it. So you're basically doing a power partial power jerk. And then the last one, you're standing there. So you're not really pushing the bar, but more so teaching yourself how to get under it and mm -hmm. stand up with it. And again, I think yesterday I had these in my program and, you know, your first set after not doing them for a while, even just, you know, 70% mm -hmm. of your jerk, it feels a little weird because you're getting used to being under that weight again. But by your last set, you're at a hundred percent of your jerk and you just feel so much more locked in. So it's teaching you again, motor pattern, neurologically, how to stiffen and be in the exact, uh, stable position. The reason I like them so much is because the last part of it, you hold it for mm -hmm. 10 seconds. And right. if you are not stacked in yeah. a good position yeah. with your arms, elbows, shoulders, torso, yeah. everything in line as yeah. you want to be when you catch a jerk, if you are not like that, you cannot stand there for 10 seconds. Yeah. So it's a literally the epitome of a functional core stability exercise mm -hmm. yes. because yes. it will it will show you if you have weak links, chunk, you know, almost a little nicks or clinks in your armor, I guess if you want to say like that, mm -hmm. it will expose it. There will be energy yep. leakage. So if it will yep. allow you to understand how to position yourself well, so that when you do go to the full lift, you're going to be in a much better position. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to add on to, to that last part that you mentioned, when you mm -hmm. again, get used to holding in that stacked position, because you have to, you have no choice. Otherwise it's just, you're muscling everything. Yeah. Um, then that's when you're going to really be able to, to load that weight down and get uh, stronger and more comfortable there. And that's when, your jerks, for example, become more automatic, um, meaning that more automatic on the receiving side. So you have, uh, if you're if you're weak overhead, if you have lacking mobility overhead, what you have to realize is that that when you're dipping and driving to try to throw the jerk overhead, your body's already at a huge disadvantage and hesitating mm -hmm. because it's going into a compensated position. Mm -hmm. So with something like an overhead quarter squat and hold. You know, if at first that's a mobility drill and you improve your mobility and then you improve your strength and your stability with the bar overhead, then that then your body is more free to execute the way that it really needs to in the dip and drive to help you lift as much as you can. Exactly. All right, guys. So briefly, I want to change our conversation to how I could use partials for rehabbing an athlete. I think the big motto that I always want you guys to remember <clears throat> is train what you can train. Well, you fix what you can fix. And what I mean by that is many times I'll have athletes that will come to me. Let's throw out the example of someone with back pain and it hurts deadlifting from the ground. Well, one thing we can do is use partials to allow ourselves to still deadlift, get that 
um, type of stimulus within our training, but not push themselves into a position where they have pain. So for example, a lot of powerlifters, weightlifters, crossfitters I see have what's called a flexion intolerance, meaning if they are in a very flexed position, either with their spine moving, or maybe just even if they're in a, uh, a good neutral spine position, so good technique in the bottom, but there's still flexion load. And sometimes just that flexion load or that torque is too much that it overloads their spine past its capacity point and it triggers their pain. Well, sometimes I can have that person elevate their deadlift to maybe a above knee position. So they're not as forward as they would be maybe within the full bottom position or maybe like even a partial at mid thigh. Mm -hmm. But I can have them decrease the amount of flexion torque and load and perform still a deadlift, allowing them to still work on the core stability and generating stiffness at the very start of the pole and allow themselves to learn how to move about the hips with that partial movement. And then over time, what we do is we can either overload that specific position. So start at say 200 pounds day one for sets of five. And then we can either increase that weight to where they're up to maybe 300 pounds in a couple of weeks. And then we can slowly decrease the height. So mm -hmm. it can allow someone, right. and this is specifically great for people who are weightlifters and powerlifters and crossfitters who have pain bending forward and trying to pick mm -hmm. up load off the ground, which is very common. So yeah. by doing a partial, starting your movement from a more vertical position, you can teach yourself how to slowly build capacity while also winding down pain because you're not pushing into your pain trigger. And this can allow you to then have more pain-free lifts which allows your back to feel better. And then slowly you reincorporate back into some of the old, uh, the older positions that were creating pain, but obviously doing so with the mindset of I'm having better technique because I'm able to focus on core stiffness, moving about my hips. And usually we obviously we combine this with other avenues of mm -hmm. rehab, whether that is core stability work, hip mobility work, finding that individual's weak link, because again, there's no one size fits all when it comes to back pain rehab specifically, but any rehab. But that's a great way that you can incorporate partials into your training and still benefit your lifting as a whole. So if you ever go to a doctor and they just say, stop lifting, you're probably at the wrong doctor. If you ever mm -hmm. go to a physical therapist and they say, oh, you know, deadlift squats, just stop them completely. Now, obviously, there's going to be time where we need to take drastic steps back. But often there's always times in which we can modify specific mm -hmm. movements to allow ourselves to still benefit and get training in those specific movement patterns, but just do so in a way that's pain-free. And then that can help us build capacity to get back to that as our end goal. So that's a, just a quick overview version of it. So, um, well, guys, that is a uh, quick tip version for today <laughs> of understanding how you can use partials to benefit your lifts as a whole. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Until next time, guys, happy squatting. All right, everyone, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. For those of you out there who enjoyed the content that I make and would like to help support Squat University and help me make even better and better content, check out my Patreon page. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support all the content that I create in the third tier of support, even has access to an exclusive once a month live Q&A where I will literally sit down with you guys and answer any questions you may have. So if that sounds interesting to you, head on over to patreon.com slash Squat University. Thanks, guys. That's it for today, class. On Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.